Praise the Lord. Turn in your Bible, please, to John, the 17th chapter. And we're going to read those first three verses of John, chapter 17. If you happen to have, <coughs> excuse me, the New King James translation, I would ask that you read it out loud with me, only because that's the one that I'm using. Uh, if you have another translation, please just follow along with us. Let's read. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Isn't that awesome? It's so tremendous when Jesus, in praying to the Father, he said in verse 3, And this is eternal life, that they may know you the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Let me give you an illustration for just a moment. Um, Marvin, mm -hmm. let me ask you, do you know this gentleman sitting behind you? No. You don't? No. Let me uh, introduce you to him. Uh, Marvin, this is Brother Al. Okay? Mm -hmm. All right. Now, uh, come on. Ma now, Marvin, mm -hmm. do you know this brother? No. But you were introduced to him? Yes. Okay. Now, Marvin said, no, he didn't know him. Mm -hmm. Marvin is wise. Mm -hmm. Most people would say, if later on during the week, if I was to ask Marvin, Marvin, do you know a brother Al? <coughs> More than likely, Marvin would say, Brother Al, that name sounds familiar. Yeah, you know, I think I met him. But most of us would say, oh yeah, I know him. Because our thought is to be introduced to somebody. Sometimes we classify that as, well, I know him. <coughs> and in reality, just like Marvin said, he doesn't know him. Oftentimes, people were introduced to God. Come on. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. People are introduced to Jesus. Uh -huh. They don't know him. No. But eternal life yes, is to know God yes, and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. Come on. Now, the key is yes, we can enter into eternal life mm -hmm. by receiving Jesus Christ. But you know what perpetuates eternal life? Knowing Him. Did you hear what I said? That's a whole different ball of wax. I said what perpetuates eternal life is knowing God and knowing Jesus Christ. By that I'm simply saying the more you get to know Him, the more you experience eternal life. Amen. Did you follow what I'm Amen. saying? Now, this occurs after Jesus had entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday after he entered. He comes around to a point when he's with his disciples. They've left the upper room and Jesus prays to the Father and makes this observation. Go back to John, the 10th chapter. John, the 10th chapter, takes place before Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. And let's listen to what he says. John, the 10th chapter, beginning at verse 15, down through verse 30. I mean, we know he said a whole lot of things, but the bottom line is, I want to excerpt this part. The title of our message is Eternal Life. John chapter 10, beginning at verse 15. Let's read together. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. 
that I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. This is absolutely tremendous. Jesus is prophesying, for lack of a better term. We often look at what's been prophesied about Jesus in the Old Testament and how it was fulfilled in the New. This is something Jesus is saying to the people that is yet to occur. And we know it has occurred and is occurring. Look at what he said. First of all, he makes an observation saying, the Father, as the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. Now, that is an absolute tremendous observation. Because none of us can say, as the Father God knows me, I know the Father. Not a one of us can say that. Because God knows us much better than we know ourselves, right? And we can't even hardly begin to think about how much we know ourselves. And Jesus says, as the Father knows me, even so, I know the Father. That's an awesome relationship. But then he makes this statement. And I laid down my life for the sheep. He already knows without a shadow of doubt his purpose mm -hmm. is to lay down his life. And later we're going to find out even a little bit more about that. But then he says, and other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. Isn't that awesome? And they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Amen. That is absolutely tremendous. One thing for sure, we can look at it from the standpoint of Israel or the Jews being the sheep that he's saying, I'm going to lay my life down for. But then he says, I have, which are, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. That's the Gentiles. And he says, them also I must bring. Come on, y'all. Mm -hmm. We fit in the category of the must bring. Amen. No option. Jesus is saying, I must bring them. You know, that's a tremendous thing. We often say, will whosoever will. You know, whosoever will, let him come. Now you can qualify yourself not only as a whosoever will, but I'm in the category of I must bring. Amen. Amen. Jesus must bring me. Wow. And it says they will hear my voice. Last time we spoke, we talked about those who are dead will hear his voice. Apart from those who are in the grave. Amen. Those who are dead will hear his voice. Mm -hmm. That's an awesome thing. Yes. And we know that when we receive Jesus, when we believe on him, we pass from what? Death yeah. to life. Yes. Mm -hmm. So before a person receives Jesus, they are dead. dead. Mm -hmm. We shared last week, and I think it's big. It will be a shame when somebody wakes up after experiencing physical death to wake up and realize though they spent X number of years on the planet, they never lived. Did you hear what I said? Isn't that something? You mean I can live a hundred years? Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. You can exist on this planet a hundred years, breathing in and out, mm -hmm. doing all these different things, and never live. Mm -hmm. 
Because we found out last week, God gave Israel an alternative. He says, choose life. And then he said, God is your life. That's an awesome thing. So you can say, well, I know him. But if you don't know him, you haven't passed from death to life. But he says here, I must bring them. They will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Come on, y'all. God's intent is that we would be one. That's why he says that when a person accepts Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God baptizes us into Christ. Into the body of Christ. In another passage, it says... That though we are many members, it's what? One body. And God has set us in the body as it pleases him. Amen. So not only was it necessary that Jesus must bring us, but then God says, once he has brought us, I will set you in the body. As it what? Pleases me. So you are already in a position of pleasing God. Because God has set you. Come on. In the body. As it pleases him. So you already one up. Did you hear what I said? He goes on and he says, let's continue to read verse 17. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. That's an awesome statement. Yes, it is. Now, as the, as the cliche says, Jesus is bad. <laughs> you know, when you can tell somebody, let me tell you right now, the Father loves me. Why? Because I laid down my life. Why? That I may take it again. And then he says, no one takes it from me. No one. No Jews, no Pharisees, no Romans. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of myself. And I have power to lay it down. And I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. Wow. That's an awesome thing. Yes, it is. Now consider this for just a moment. Jesus spoke this before he entered Jerusalem. We know once he entered Jerusalem, that after he had the Passover, he ended up going to the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Mm -hmm. And he said to the Father, if it's any way possible to do this thing another way. Amen. Come on, if there's any way possible to do this thing another way. And I guess God either didn't answer, the Father didn't answer, or said, it ain't no other way. But the bottom line, we hear Jesus saying what? Nevertheless, yes. not my will, but thy will be done. You got to get this for just a moment. Prior to him entering Jerusalem, he already stated the fact, no man can take my life. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. Then the question would come, why is he asking the Father? If he knows this is his hour, 
He knows this is his purpose. Why the garden scene with him praying and almost sweating like drops of blood saying if there's some other way to do this thing. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Because Jesus recognized that he was taking the sin of this world on him. That he was, in lack of a better term, he was becoming sin. He who knew no sin became sin. So even though God had given him a command, you have power to lay down your life, power to take it up again, and I love you. Jesus recognized when the final time came, I've got to become sin to take the place for man. That's an awesome thing. So that's no light thing Jesus did on our behalf. Even though he had power to lay it down, power to take it up again. Now, that's love, y'all. Did you hear what I said? And even after that, let's continue to read in verse 19. Therefore, there was a division again among the Jews because of these sayings. And many of them said, he has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Now it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem. And it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, how long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. In other words, if you are the Messiah, if you're the anointed one, and we have to remember Jesus' last name was not Christ. Everybody get that? Jesus' last name, like Joseph Lewis or something, his last name was not Christ. Jesus the Christ. Or Jesus the Messiah. Jesus the anointed one. I just share that. So when it says, tell us plainly, are you the Christ? Look at what Jesus says in verse 25. Jesus answered them, let's read. I told you, and you don't believe me. Isn't that something? The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe. Because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Wow. Now they ask him to tell them plainly. Now come on, be for real. Are you, are, you, are you the Christ? And he comes back and says to them, I told you. And you do not believe. Now he already called them on the carpet so many times. But here, they're asking him. He tells them again who he is. And they still don't believe. And he just pulls the carpet out from under me. He says, you don't believe because you're not of my sheep. Because my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. They follow me. They are my disciples. Followers of Jesus. They learn from me. Are you getting the point? They're my pupils. That's the whole key. You're not in the sheepfold just to do your thing. No. 
You're there to be a disciple of Christ, to be a follower of Him, to learn of Him. We looked at that the other time in Matthew 11 chapter where it says, Come unto me all ye that are labor and heavy laden, and I will what? Give you rest. Learn of me. One translation says, let me teach you. That's where we miss it so often. We accept Jesus as our Savior in terms of making that confession of faith. So we're born again. But we don't let him teach us. We don't learn from him. We still want to do our thing. And as a result, there's a lot of different consequences we go through. That's why when you look at the New Testament, many of the letters that were written, Romans, Corinthians, and so forth, you got to remember, those were written to the saints. They were written to believers. And in there, he told them in so many words, get it together. Get it together. Well, if they already had it together, you wouldn't need to write the letters. And we keep saying, well, you know, we're not perfect and we're going to mess up. Yes, come on, get real. So you are. But that doesn't have to keep being your cop out. Somewhere along the line, you need to be striving to get it right. You know the illustration that they give in one of the letters, he says, those who participate in the race, they run for a crown. They train for it. They have in view the crown. I would assume. Not that I run a race for the Olympics, but I would assume those people who are striving to run into the Olympics or run in that event, I can't believe that those people are spending day in and day out for so many days of their life trying to perfect that particular event to go in there to lose. Can you? I couldn't expect that. I can't expect, for instance, I wouldn't expect Purvis, who's a basketball player, and he practices and so forth. I don't expect him to go in to the game saying, we're going to lose. Something's wrong with that picture. He wouldn't do that. Well, why, when it comes to our relationship with God and our salvation and walking as followers of Jesus, we always copping out. Amen. Well, you know, I ain't perfect and you know, I'm in the flesh and, and so forth and so on. Come on. We all know that. But at what point are you going to say, but you know what? God, with your help, I'm going to do what's right. Amen. Amen. Does that make sense? Amen. With your help, I'm going to do what's right. Praise the Lord. Let's go on and let's look over at chapter 12 of John. John chapter 12, verses 42 through 50. And in John chapter 12, as you're turning over there, at a part, you'll see where John chapter 12 also covers the triumphant entry of Jesus. So we're looking now, it talks about the triumphant entry of Jesus, Right before verse, what, 15? Is that what that is? 12. So we're going to look now, after Jesus had made that triumphal entry, we're going down to verse 42. John chapter 12, beginning at verse 42. And we believe that this is Jesus' last public discourse. In other words, this is the last time Jesus is talking out to the public. Come on. And let's see what he leaves us with. This is an awesome thing. 
this is, you got to remember, this is last Jesus' last discourse to the public before he goes to Calvary. We know he has a lot of discourse with his disciples. He tells them a lot of things recorded in the scriptures. But this is his last public discourse. Listen to what he says, or let's read it together. Beginning at verse 42. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Isn't that something? Wait, before we go on, look at these secret believers. Secret believers. It says, many, nevertheless, even among the rulers... Many believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him. Why? They didn't want to be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Of course, we don't know anybody like that today. You know, we don't know anybody who loves the praise of men more than the praise of God. Hello. I know we do. Glory to God. Let's continue to read verse 44. Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me, sees him who sent me. You got to get that. What did he say? He said, He who believes in me, Believes not in me, but in him who sent me. God sent him. When you believe on Jesus, you believe on God. Amen. What you shared before, Mother, you can't have one without the other. He who sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come, let's continue to read, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words, has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. Now that's a heavy statement. Jesus says, I'm not going to judge you if you don't believe in me. Because I didn't come to judge you. He says, I didn't come to judge the world, but to save the world. But I tell you what, he who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The words that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. Now that word then isn't powerful. If the word is going to be your judge, my goodness then how important is it to believe on Jesus and his word? Because the word will judge us in the last day. My goodness. And you know what? That goes all the way back to the garden. Still the same thing. What judged Adam was the word. He did not do what God commanded him to do. And as a result of that, really, the word judged him. The word was, don't eat of that tree. That was the word. He ate of it. And we know judgment happened. Right? So sometimes when we don't want to 
hear the word. We don't want to do the word. Just remember, you're going to hear it another time. Amen. Amen. And I don't know that you want to hear it at that point Amen. without responding to it now. Amen. Because oh, yes. when you hear it later, it may be too late. Yes. All right? But then he goes on and he says this, uh, verse 49. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. That's an awesome thing. Jesus said, look y'all, you coming down on my case and I keep telling you, I'm only telling you what the Father tells me to say. Yes. And God has, the Father has given me a command, and I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. If you believe on me, he that believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me, sees him. Who sent me. And we know later on. We get to the point. When Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he simply says. That the father. You've seen the father. Philip says. Well show us the father. And suffice us up. And then he says wait a minute Phil. Have I been with you so long. That you don't know me. You've seen me. You've seen the Father. Come on. This is the same Philip probably who was there when he said this. But he didn't get it. He didn't get it. So it comes around to another time. And Philip says, well, show us the Father in suffices. Jesus says, have I been so long with you? Don't you know when you've seen me, you've seen the Father? Oh, my goodness. For it's the Father in me that's doing the work. It's the Father in me that's doing the work. It's more important what's happening in you than what's happening to you. It's more important that you understand who you are and what's happening in you. That you have the spirit of God if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your savior. You have the spirit of God dwelling in you. Wait a minute. Isn't that the same spirit that in Genesis 1 hovered over the deep? Waiting for the word of God? He's in you. I know. I know. It's like saying, okay. Tilt, uh, I don't. I, yeah, I hear what you're saying, Pastor Joe, but you don't really mean that. Um, you know what I'm saying? You don't really mean that I got the same power that was hovering over the deep in me. Or I've got the same power that raised Jesus' dead body in me. So the question is, are we making use of the power that's in us? Because he's given us eternal life. The same way that the athlete looks at the goalposts or winning the race or winning the the championship. Have you ever really thought the goalpost for the believer is eternity? Did you hear what I said? Mm -hmm. The goalpost for the believer is eternity. 
So if you have eternity in view, then that ought to affect what you're going to do while on your way there. Does that make sense? He's already given you eternal life. So the only thing you're doing is waiting to get through time into eternity. Did you understand that? You're only waiting, come on, to get through time into eternity. If eternity is your view, then you begin to say, okay, I know I could do this, but is it going to affect me when I get into eternity? Wow. Wow. Did you hear what I said? Just like the athlete could say, I know I could take these steroids and I could take all this stuff. But is it going to affect me when I get to the goalpost? And though they say you've got the crown, somebody finds out that I've been taking steroids. Then I lose everything I thought I had. Yes, yes. Did you hear what I said? Yes. So the bottom line is, eternity needs to be our focus. And recognize, as I'm on the journey in time, I need to evaluate what I'm doing on this journey to determine how it's going to affect me as I pass from time into eternity. Wow. Have you ever thought about it like that? Sometimes I think we need to get a little different focus. Because the words you hear will judge you. And that's why one of your major objectives should be to please God. That's it. It said the rulers didn't want to confess Jesus. They believed him, but they didn't want to confess him. Because they didn't want to get put out of the synagogue. Because they appreciated more the praises of men than the praises of God. We need to recognize the only one we need to hear praises from is God. So we want to do it His way. Turn to the last passage and that's in 1 John, the 5th chapter. 1 John, the 5th chapter. 1 John, the 5th chapter, beginning at verse 9 through verse 13. 1 John, the 5th chapter, beginning at verse 9 through verse 13. Praise the Lord. Wow. And let's begin to read at verse 9 of 1 John chapter 5. Okay, let's read. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar. Because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his son. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son 
of God. Isn't that awesome? Isn't it sounds almost like Deuteronomy when it says choose life. God is your life. Here we find out that the testimony of God is that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the Son has life. He who has God has life. He, Jesus says, he who believes on me doesn't believe on me, but believes on the one who sent me. He who sees me sees the one who sent me. The one who sent me, the Father, is my life. He has given me. He has granted me. The scripture says. Life. Just as he has life. Wow. You begin to understand. What was said previously. God never intended. For man. To live life without him. You cannot do it. You cannot do it. I don't care. I know we say, well, I'm living. I, you know, I'm living. You talking about I ain't living. You crazy. I'm living. I know I'm alive. Okay. That's okay. But I tell you what. The word of God says. That he, doesn't, he that does not have the Son doesn't have life. Mm -hmm. Now, you don't have to believe it. I'm not going to judge you if you don't believe it. But I tell you what, that word that I just spoke, you'll hear it again. Mm -hmm. You'll hear it again. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm. Isn't that something? Mm -hmm. So we don't have to judge anybody. You just give the word and leave it alone. Amen. Amen. You give the word, Amen. leave it alone. Mm -hmm. And they come back and say, well, why are you judging me? Hey, hey, I'm not judging you. Mm -hmm. I'm just giving you the word. And I tell you what, the word will judge you in the last day. Well, you just try to put me, I'm not trying to put anything on you, sir. Just giving you the word. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we still friends. Amen. Uh, Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because he saw the word as judgment. That's right. Mm -hmm. And the key is, when you give the word, one of the responsibilities of the Holy Spirit is to convict of sin. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit can take the words you've given and do a trip that you could never do Amen. effectively. Amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm Amen. saying? Amen. Mm -hmm. When that person goes home and ain't nobody there but him, he thinks. Yes. But the word that he heard is there. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit is there. Yes. And he can take that word. And run it back through their mind. Mm -hmm. And point out, you know you're not happy. Mm -hmm. You know you don't have any peace. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know you're putting up a front. Mm -hmm. What you going to do? You heard the word. Mm -hmm. Did you hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. All this is going on. Mm -hmm. Where? Inside. Yes. All of this is going on. You're not there. You just gave the word. Somebody may say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Yes, it does. Let me ask you a question. Did anybody hear anything yesterday from anybody? Did anybody hear anything yesterday from anybody who's not here today? No. Wait a minute. Did anybody hear anything from anybody yesterday 
And that person is not here today. Yes. Yes. I'll repeat it one more time because some got it and some aren't sure if they got it or not. Did anybody hear anything from anybody yesterday? And that person is not here today. Okay, yes, you did. You got it? Yeah. Okay. But what you heard from them yesterday, do you still remember? <coughs> yes, I do. You still remember? Mm -hmm. But they're not here. Mm -hmm. But you heard it yesterday. Yes. And it's still, you still remember it. As a matter of fact, if it was a word that may affect something that you have to do tomorrow, you're going to act on that word you heard yesterday. And you may not see that person anymore, but you're reacting to what they said. It's no different than the word I speak to you will judge you in the last day. No difference. Amen. When you're reading the word, and there may be a scripture that pop out, okay, so that is right there, and you see yourself in that particular scripture. Yes. If you're not doing it's judging you because it's knowing that you're not doing what that particular scripture is saying. Wow, that's a very good point, Doc. That when you're reading the Word, and there's a scripture or something that may stand out to you, sometimes that scripture may speak to you to let you know it may be an area of your life that you're not quite doing it quite right or in line with His Word, and it's speaking to you then. Get it together. Get it right. And that's so true. Because the word is spirit. Yes. And it's life. Amen. Amen. Wow. Mm -hmm. So remember, everyone, that when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, yes, you're born again. And you have passed from death unto life. And eternal life is knowing the one true God. And Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. Mm -hmm. And just keep in view, as you're passing through time, your objective and goal is eternity. And therefore, I have to evaluate what I'm doing on this journey in time. How will it impact my eternity? Did you hear what I'm saying? Because we're all on our way. Whether we realize it or not, we're on our way to eternity. Isn't that something? Lord have mercy. That ought to wake you up a little bit. I'm on my way. To eternity. Mm -hmm. I've passed from death. Unto life. And my life. Is hid. With Christ. In God. Colossians tells us. My life. Is hid. With Christ. In God. Isn't that awesome? So my life, you may see me here, but I want you to know my life is hid with Christ in God. Double protection. Double protection. Isn't that something? And you know what? Really, no man can take your life. 
Did you hear what I said? No man can take your life. God has really given you power. So it's all about you and what you do with the word. Yes, it is. Because in the beginning, the word was with God. And the word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. So you actually judge yourself by what you do with the word. That's right. Isn't that something? Mm -hmm. Wow. And the key is, Marvin, when you said that, that may be different for each person. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's why it's the personal relationship with God. And that's why a person has to examine themselves and look into the Word. I don't qualify to judge another. Amen. Amen. I don't qualify. Amen. Because I don't know the ins and outs. But God does. Jesus made a statement. If I did judge, my judgment is true. But he didn't come to judge. He came to save the world. And you know what? He really didn't give us authority to judge everybody. Amen. He didn't. I mean, he's given us the discernment, and we need to evaluate, you know, who we are associating with and all that kind of a thing. But don't, there's no need you trying to judge that person. You don't know them. Amen. Amen. You really don't. So, but yes, I do. No, you don't. <laughs> You don't even hardly know yourself. So how are you going to be judging somebody else? You don't know the ins and outs of their life. Amen. But God does. Yes, he does. And if you give them the word, the Spirit of God can take it and minister life to them, minister conviction to them, and minister salvation to them. That's why it says, some plant, some water. But God gives the increase. Amen. 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 Amen.